The Partners in Crime podcast is sponsored by Hey Sugar Shop. Visit Hey Sugar Shop at www.heysugarshop.com or join them on Twitter at Hey Sugar Shop. One bite and you'll be smitten. Hello? What's up, YPD Nation? It's your girl Kayla at Reality PD Bingo. And Donna at the Hick Life. Hey, Kayla, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I had a really interesting week last week, as you know. I got to go to Richland County on the way to the lake and see uh, Deputy Garrow Brown for a short spell. And we made arrangements to uh, meet in the early summer for our ice cream social. So I'm excited about that. And then there was some you know, testosterone situation going on between him and my husband because my husband was talking smack about how, you know, he didn't want to upstage Garrow Brown's muscles or looks with his own because, you know, my husband's constantly having to beat the ladies off in his head. So, <laughs> I mean, rightly so. Rightly so. I, I saw that picture and Garrow should feel very intimidated by that. And it was very exciting for me because Flat Donna made an appearance. So yes, I was pretty Flat thrilled Do- yeah, about that. Flat, yeah, Flat Donna f- officially made her um, her debut. And, you know, it was a good test for when we go on vacation next week, which I'm super excited about. Um, so, yeah, so Flat Donna's going to go see the country. She's going to go cross country and... She start like I told you yesterday, she's starting to get a little bit of an attitude about her. You know, she thinks she's a little too, you know, big for her britches, but whatever. I'll have to put her in her place on the road. She's getting too big for her stick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me talk about my week a little bit because um you sent me a a lovely gift. And oh, that's I, right. I yeah, you did. And I want to start out by saying I was absolutely thrilled that we were not going to have to talk about Dookie this week. Uh, there yeah, was no, no Dookie on Live PD, but here I find myself um, discussing something else because uh, I, I get this package from UPS and I'm all excited about it. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was and it was from you. So no telling what it was. I was thinking maybe more moon pies and <laughs> no, it wasn't more moon pies. So I opened this package and there's a little pink cylinder inside that says go girl. Mm-hmm. And it says, don't take life sitting down. And I'm like, Oh, what kind of inspirational thing is this? <laughs> I was pretty excited. <laughs> then I read underneath and it says, Go Girl allows a woman the convenience of standing to urinate. Exactly. And I look at this. There's a little picture next to it that looks like a thong. That's what it looks like. And then underneath, I'm just describing the packaging. We're not, we haven't even opened it yet. Underneath, there's a picture of a teepee, which I'm guessing is a sheepee. <laughs> next to that is a kayak. And I can assure you, as a kayak person, there's no standing and peeing in a kayak. Uh, Next to that is a suitcase. And I'm guessing, you know, I guess because if you're on a plane, you don't have to go use that bathroom. You can take advantage of the Go Girl and use that on a plane. Next to that is a picture of a guitar. So I'm guessing at a Nelson concert, Kayla... (laughs) Um, one doesn't have to go wait in line in the bathroom. Um, one can just pull out the go girl. 
And then the last picture is a picture of a sneaker. And so no longer do you have to take your shoe off and pee in your sneaker because you have the convenience of a go girl. (laughs) Then I open the package. Now I didn't pull the content out completely. I, I looked at the picture and I pulled it out a little bit. And to me, it looked like a rubber thong. So I'm thinking, okay, this bitch sent me a rubber thong. So I've got a, basically a depends cheese cutter situation going on. And that's what I thought. (laughs) And I thought that for 24 freaking hours, for 24 hours, I'm thinking these are rubber underwear, rubber thongs. And then yesterday I decided to pull it out. Girl. Okay. I pop this, this, this thing, when you pull it out, it kind of pops open like an inflatable raft mm-hmm. and it fell on my counter and I'm looking at it <laughs> and I'm like, what in the actual hell? Okay. So this thing that's going to help you pee standing up is a funnel type situation. Uh, the top of the funnel is shaped exactly like a vagina. Vajayjay. Yes. And then it has this, you know, the, the, the part that comes down at the bottom, uh, you know, that, that I guess is like, you know, that like any funnel looks like it's got the funnel part. Mm -hmm. First of all, it says up. So I guess there are some people who are using the bottom funnel part, trying to urinate through that little thing or whatever they're (laughs) trying to do with it. I don't know. I'm not sure why this needs an instruction, but evidently it does. And on the other side, it says, do not flush. So I guess there are some women. Now, if you have a toilet, why are you using this? That's my question. Well, for people that don't want to sit on a toilet seat, would you sit on a toilet seat in places that you go to? I think not. Okay. I'm going to get to this momentarily about this. However, um, yeah, so I guess people have problems peeing standing up and this, this device is supposed to help that. Okay. Now I am a person who grew up camping. I am a person who grew up with Southern parents that, you know, we had a piece of land and would go out and clear the land. And, and there was no, there were no bathrooms. I mean, my mom would say, go behind that tree, just go right on over there behind (laughs) that tree. Well, first of all, let's just tell people who are new to the show, why you sent me this. I want to hear that first. Well, the reason I sent it to you is because you have said on the podcast a few times about the use of a big gulp cup as a disposable bathroom. And to me, and and you, and you laughed at me because I said, absolutely not. There was just no using of a big gulp cup to be in. And I thought, well, you know, if she were to ever need to go to the bathroom mid recording of our podcast or anything like I would rather I would feel better if she used the go girl instead of a big gulp cup and that is <laughs> that is why I sent it to you and because I love sending you things that m- make me laugh and you know basically items that are funny at your expense <clears throat> girl so I used the big gulp cup in the car so there was no standing uh, up in the car. The big gulp cup was on a on a road trip on a back road, and you know, and 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 again, I have a lot of experience peeing outside just because of how I grew up as a as a southern girl. And I can tell you this, okay, ladies, 
you don't want to be squatting in the woods as you urinate because there are snakes. There are things that can jump up and bite your ass. So you don't want to do that. So I learned at a very young age how to, how to pee standing up. As a matter of fact, I could probably write my name in the sand if I needed to. I mean, I know oh how to pee standing up. <laughs> so, see, you see what I, what I just right wanna... here. This device is lost on moi. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. But as one ages and becomes geriatric, your um, ability Girl. to use a big, big gulp cup may not be as it once was. So I think that this is just something handy to have. And plus, who wants to? Okay. First of all, you keep saying as a Southern girl, you were raised to. Okay, I've never peed outside. So okay, I, I too am a southern, southern girl. Southern girl, you a uppity southern girl. Okay, you oh. a southern lady. Oh, That's, what you uh, a bougie? You a bougie southern lady? Uh, no, a southern girl that was like raised in the woods and you know. Oh, That's you did not. You're uppity. Oh, you uppity. Did not oh, you went with the old thing. I'm going there. <laughs> you went with the old thing. I heard you. I didn't say you were old. I said that as a woman ages, her ability to use a big gulp cup, you know, I mean, because you, what's going to happen when you put that big gulp cup down accidentally and then you end up using, I mean, there's just, my mind can go in so many different directions with that. But this, it's cute for what it is. It's a very <laughs> feminine, it's a feminine color. Um, it allows you to basically, you know, because if you go camping or on the, or driving or whatever, you know, when you need, and you don't have a bathroom, I would feel better knowing that you have something at least um, appropriate to use other than a big gulp cup from the local 7-Eleven. Don't so. hate on the big gulp cup, but thank you for thinking of me. And when I'm old, I have a plan. I'm just going to be catheterized. There's <laughs> not going to be a problem. So... But, I mean, thank you for the thoughtful gift, and I hope that for the people who did not know what this is, I hope that you're very clear on it now, and um, if you ever find yourself needing a go-girl, just make sure you don't use the wrong side. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're starting out beautifully. I, I agree. So, um. Yeah, the 100th uh, episode of Live PD was pretty exciting. And, um, you know, it was, like I said, there was there were no bodily functions going on that we're forced to discuss. And we got that right out of the way because you made us have to discuss my... Go, girl. Your VJJ yeah. product. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey. And I the package you know, does say to practice at home. <laughs> it actually says that. It says practice See? at home. I love a good product where the company has a sense of humor. You know what I mean? Like people I mean, take I could things be practicing way seriously. Them right now. You don't even know. I could be practicing right now. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to live PD and their 100th episode. Yes. Twitter was all a buzz on yes. starting on Thursday Everybody using the hashtag LivePD100. Everybody coming out of the just it just seemed like it was like all oh, uh, just busy with you know activity and tweets and people showing their excitement and it you know the 
different departments showing their excitement. It was it was like a big party. It was like the Super Bowl for live PD fans. So it was awesome. Extraordinarily exciting. I was really looking forward to it. And I was hoping that, you know, like when it started on Friday night, that it was going to be like this really exciting call just right from the beginning. <laughs> but uh, no, that's it not made really us what angry. It made us angry right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I was like in a, I, I was annoyed right from the get. And I don't like when that happens, but yeah. we're going to start out in Richland on Friday night. And it was, uh, there was a young man that was pulled over for speeding and it was, uh, Kayla and Mastriani and they pull out in front of a restaurant and they're, you know, talking to the gentleman and his parents come out. Evidently he was meeting his parents for dinner and, uh, his dad just comes out screaming and he was pissed off and he was, you know, my son's not a hoodlum and here we go. Here we go. Um, he Evidently, based on his comments, he felt that his son was being racially profiled by a black deputy and a Hispanic deputy because it was Kayla and it was Mark Loriano. And um, those were the two that were standing there when the father came out. And that's what he thought out of the gate, that that's what was happening at the mo- in that moment. Well, don't, and, don't forget, uh, don't forget that uh, Mastriani, because he was, he was there and they, when they went walking up on the deputies, he was like, ho, 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 ho. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you're not going to walk up on a deputy like that. He said, right. you need to step back over here. And he, and all of, all of them were, you know, really professional. And it was just, it was annoying that he came out and started making accusations and whatever, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's really, we don't have to like go into this because we see this quite often on, on live PD. The only advice I would give to those parents is number one, maybe you should watch live PD and fill yourself in on what, you know, police officers actually do and deal with on a daily basis instead yeah. of jumping to completely wrong conclusions that actually, um, totally negate any any argument you may have because it just it doesn't fit the situation so we don't really have to continue talking about that um the one the one thing the one thing i did want to add is it's like after all that hoopla they were just you know about all of the just ridiculous things they were saying once k-law informed the parents and his and if you notice his whole demeanor changed once they said well what this car smells of marijuana Right. And he walked back to those parents and he said, you know what? You're the parents. You guys get to see, you guys get to smell what we smell. There's been marijuana in that car. Mm-hmm. Someone's been smoking and, and you guys, and he was, I mean, he was like, you know, not because they were acting like their son was, you know, innocent of anything and everything. He, you know, perfect little boy. And I was like, once that came out, they shut up real quick. I mean, first they tried to blame it on the kids, um, friends, friends. And, and yeah. K- and, K- yeah. And Kayla was like, well, the, his friends aren't here now. They don't care about him. So it was that that kid smokes weed, and the parents just got a you know a virtual smack in the face. Yeah, yeah, it did, shut them so. down. Just whatever. Nobody should I, be that parent. I mean, nobody should nobody should be that parent that is going to you know create a situation where there is none. Not set a great example of respect for their child, and then defend their child when their child's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And we've said this a thousand times, and you know I don't know what's going to get through to people, but. This was a prime example of that, and and it was annoying. But then we go, mm-hmm. but then we go to Jeffersonville. Oh, and let me just say this real quick for people who are listening to our podcast: we are a recap of of Live PD, and we have tried to go over every single story 
and and unfortunately, when we do that, we just the time just it, it just takes a lot of time. So what we're having to do now is just to condense um, what we talk about and just talk about the highlight. You know what what highlights? It's still a recap yeah. of Live PD, but we can't possibly go through every story because you're talking about six hours of a show per weekend, and so we don't want you know people to. And uh, although I'm sure they would enjoy it, they can't really <laughs> listen to six hours of us, ta- you and I, Gavin. So yeah, that's why we're going to go over to Jeffersonville now because that was that always makes us happy when we get to Jeffersonville, and, and we went over happy. with yeah. And our guest today is Officer Tom O'Neill, and that's who was on this call. So mm-hmm. that was that was exciting. It was, and he let the they pulled over a guy who had. Um, you know, they had found marijuana on him or they smelled marijuana and officer O'Neill let the guy know that he has a nose like a hound dog. Mm-hmm. So he just needs to come clean and let them know where it's at. And it was, it was funny because he did, he didn't make the initial stop. It was another officer. He was just there, you know, assisting. And he kept saying that to the guy cause the guy was, cause he was drunk too. And he was just like, you know, you're right. You know, you're writing me a ticket and, Officer O'Neill says, I'm not doing anything, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's the, you know, the officer, she's, this is her stop, you know, but he wanted, and he, what makes me laugh about both Officer O'Neill and Sergeant Leverett is the fact that they both say, instead of saying a blunt or, you know, a joint or whatever, they, both, they both refer to them as marijuana cigarettes. Mm-hmm. To me, that is such an antiquated term. That is something like my mother would say. You know what I mean? It's a and technical you, term. It's a te- they're using the technical term. I mean, you say me, the JJ, I say vagina. I mean, it's a technical term. It just That's makes me laugh. Using. It just makes me laugh because they're talking about like the marijuana cigarettes. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, just, it just makes me laugh. But that was that was really the main um, thing of that stop was the fact that we just wanted to let. Just we wanted to talk about the fact that Officer O'Neill had a nose like a hound dog, and it was just funny. So, yeah, and, he's, and, he's, and we get to talk to him in a little while, and that's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but from there, we're going to go over to Richland, and in Richland, it was a traffic stop, and so they bring the gentleman out of the car, and they search the first guy, and he's got a jar in his pocket, <laughs> a jar, a jar, a mason jar. It's a mason jar. And for the second time during the show, this guy claims this is, it is in fact, not his jacket. He's not wearing, it's not now his let jacket. Now let me, let me just say this. Um, as one who wears jackets mm-hmm. um, and cardigans and other apparel that may have pockets, if there is a mason jar in my pocket, mm-hmm. Rest assured, I know that it's there. So this idiot trying to claim that he didn't know it was there because it wasn't his jacket. Of course, you knew it was there. It's a big old mason jar, and plus, mm-hmm. oh, and it, and when they un, when they opened it, like they took the lid off, and Kaylaw's like, you know, you smell that. You don't smell anything illegal. And he puts it in the guy's face. He goes, No, what does that smell like? I'm like, Oh my god, really? Come on. I mean, you know exactly come what on. it smells like. Ugh. If, I mean, like, That's if I had a mason jar in my pocket, number one, it would be because I was drinking sweet tea. That would be the only reason I would have a mason jar in my pocket. But they're heavy. 
it's not like you don't know it's there. They, they, they weigh a little yeah. bit. This guy is so full of it. So anyway, this is going back and forth. And then we go away and then we come back and it's still going on. And then all of a sudden we see Mastriani take off running. And the reason that he takes off running is because there was a crash. There was a car crash and a pile up on the road next to this gas station where these people were pulled over. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get up there, the guy goes, oh, I was looking at y'all. Yeah, so you were rubbernecking. He was rubbernecking. And I mean, honestly, I got I to gotta be honest. Okay. So if I were in that position and I'm driving down the road and I see live PD filming and I see K-Law and Mastriani standing there, I've, I got to be honest. I, too, would be rubbernecking. And I think what he was probably doing after the rubbernecking, he was trying to take a picture and tweet it. That's exactly what he was trying oh, to I'm do. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm so sure. then it was boom, boom, boom. And we had a multiple car pile up because he was staring at live PD. Yeah. And he, he was, he was rubbernecking trying to look and see what was going on. And then when he had the accident and the camera crews are over there filming, then he's going to say, I ain't trying to be on camera. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Whatever. Okay. Well, you were rubbernecking trying to be all up in something that didn't, you know, involve you. Mm-hmm. And because of your stupidity, you had a wreck and now the thing you were looking at is now right in front of you and you're going to claim that you aren't trying to be on camera. Okay. Whatever, dude. Bye Felicia. Yeah. We ain't buying it. Mm-mm. Bye girl. Call your insurance company. <laughs> and then, so then after that, we're going to head on over to slide out because there was a stolen car pursuit and it was crazy. That yeah, chase was. was pretty crazy. I mean, there were four agencies involved. Multiple States. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I don't know if, did they ever say exactly how many states? I know that it was obviously at least two, but, um, I don't know. I just know that there were four different police agencies involved, but I'm not yeah. sure. I just heard multiple states. I didn't hear how many were involved. Um, but it was a crazy, I mean, this person was driving like a lunatic, lunatic. Mm-hmm. And, um, the person ends up wrecking. And then when, Okay, so, you know, they wreck, and then everybody's running up, get out of the car, get out of the car, and you see hands come out of the car, and then they end up having to pull the person out of the car, and I will be damned if it wasn't a woman, and that was a first. (laughs) Well, first, before they pulled her out, she had her hands out of the car, and she tells the cops to chill out. She's like, chill out! And I was like, okay, you're going (laughs) to, whatever. Seriously. Um, She's telling them to chill out after, after what we just saw and the, and the speeds that she was doing and the crazy driving with four agencies through multiple States. And she's going to tell them to chill out. Yeah. And then when they brought her out and she's on the ground, all I see is meth mouth. Oh, her. Yes. Oh, it was tragic. Her teeth were mad at each other. I mean, her teeth were just trying to get away from each other. They were mad at each other. They were trying to leave the scene and, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a zoom in. The cameraman never fails to, you know, get the good shots. Yeah. Kudos they know what's important. They know what's they important. She, um, it was, it was, a, it, it annoyed me because she kept saying that, you know, she was a defensive driver and that she, mm-hmm. and that she didn't put anyone in harm. And I'm like, what? Obviously Seriously. she was high. I mean, there's no question about that, but it was just, 
And they asked I mean, her. She's they going, said, I'm a defensive driver. She said, <laughs> I mean, okay, you're a defensive driver. I mean, obviously she had meth feet too because her feet were methed out. I mean, because the gas pedal was to the floor. But she's yeah, a defensive she was, driver. Yeah. And then, the co- and then the officers asked, what made you stop? And she was like, I was sick of y'all chasing me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, so she's probably still sitting in a jail cell somewhere in Slidell. She probably is. Crazy. She, we know what she's not doing. She ain't brushing her teeth. That's for damn sure. All right. Well, um, well, in Richland, they got a call about a man brandishing a gun. So we're thinking, ooh, this is gonna be exciting. Yeah, and he was he was yeah. threatening to kill. He was threatening to kill people. Is what the is yeah. what the initial call said. So, yeah, that was a little. Yeah, it, this was gonna be an intense call. I mean, very intense. I was on the edge of my seat, waiting to see what was gonna happen here, and I'm thinking, oh, be careful, be careful, and. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, and then you see the officer walk up on the guy, and uh, the guy was brandishing a damn spatula. Not only was he brandishing, he was pump faking people with a spatula. Yeah, spatula. And I don't, I don't know if people are familiar with the term pump faking, but it's it's where you act like you have a gun, a gun or a weapon, whatever, and you do the motions that you would do with that gun. So, you know, you're, oh, you're holding, I'm you're, glad you explained that. Cause I thought that was something that pump faking. Yeah. Cause it's, 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 it's the way he was holding and he was even showing you just like, he was holding it like a gun and he had his, his, you know, his hand cocked, you know, the way you would, if you were holding a gun and he's just pumping, acting like he's, you know, whatever. And I'm like, and the, and the officer, he says, Okay, so what if someone came up to you while you're pump faking with this spatula and actually has a real gun and shoots you? And he's like, well, my mama will get my my life insurance, you know, and she'll she'll be set for life. And I'm like, that's what you think? <laughs> he's, and no, he's what like, your mama needs to do is what my mama did and take that spatula and beat your ass with it. That's what your mama needs to do. <laughs> He was He was pump faking because somebody had broken into their car in their apartment complex, and I guess you know, broke the window or whatever. And they had just gotten the car and they were mad. And he was, you know, he was, he was running his mouth and his girlfriend even was saying that he's like, Oh, you know, he doesn't have a gun. He's just, he were upset because, you know, someone broke into our car. And, and I was just thinking to myself of, I mean, I've never had my car broken in. Well, actually we have, but it wasn't like a, you know, window breaking situation. Um, it was the fact that we had left the car doors unlocked. And somebody just went through and took out, you know, like, the change and you know that kind of crap it wasn't anything mm-hmm. dramatic but it was just the fact that this guy's walking around pump faking a spatula in his pants and then he is you know all he's worried about is well they, they he said well if a guy comes up to me and shoots me he, he's going to be like oh man i just shot that guy and he only had a spatula oh because that's what people are thinking when they after they shoot someone they thought had a guy this guy was just he nuts, was and, and i have actually had my bro- my my window broken here at home and I didn't behave like that. I mean, I was like, oh, great. Somebody broke my window. It was upsetting. I called the police. The policeman came over. We made a report. He shot a rattlesnake for me. And then he left. <laughs> true story. Uh, That's a that true doesn't story. surprise me. <laughs> uh, well, then we go, we go over from, you know, uh, Richland and we go over to Nye County. Now, this this wasn't like, you know, high action craziness or anything like that. It's just it's a, it's a very interesting story because this is happening a lot 
more lately. I mean, it has mm-hmm. been for like a year or so. And, you, and I know that you've had um, a problem with this too. And this is people flying drones over other people's property. Mm-hmm. And we learned during the show that if you are going to fly a drone, you know, whatever, it has to be above 250 feet. Anything below 250 feet, you need your neighbor or whoever's permission to fly at that height over their property. And this has obviously been one of those situations where they've been going back and forth, back and forth, because this guy doesn't want to listen to anyone. And they go to talk to the guy who had the drone. And first of all, the first thing I notice is that he is living in a junkyard, or that's what it looks like. There is junk everywhere. He comes out and he's like, basically, what are you doing on my property? Get off my property. And he's all like, just acting crazy. And, you know, and he's like, he threatens the neighbor, the one who the drone was over their property. He had recorded the threats that the guy in the junkyard made at him, which said he threatened him with psychological warfare. (laughs) Who does that? And who says that out loud? I mean, this guy was a... I'm bleeping idiot. You know he what I mean? He was a junkyard like, loon. He was a junkyard he, loon. I mean, it, he was just, he kept droning on and on and screaming and yelling. and Yeah. yeah. He, and and like, I have, I mean, I, look, I've had this situation happen to me. And, and I'm going to, I'm totally siding with the neighbor. It is such an invasion of privacy. I mean, I'm sitting out on my porch and I hear this noise. And it was like a, like a weird noise. I'm like, what is that noise? And I look up and there is a drone right there. And it wasn't that high up in the air. It was like facing me. It is a huge invasion of privacy. It's a creepy feeling when that happens to you. So I'm on the side of the neighbor, but I don't understand why this guy is acting like it's an invasion of his privacy when the police come over and tell him you can't, you have to stop doing this. I mean, he was, he was a loon, complete loon, screaming and cursing. He was angry. He was like, F the system. He said something about new world order. And I was just like, it was weird. Anyway, he was like, but when they finally trespassed him from doing that over the neighbor's property, he was like, he finally was just like, get off my property, leave. And they were like, oh, gladly. But then they kept yelling, get out. I mean, they're leaving. Get out. Well, they're leaving. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, uh, there was, interesting. Uh, yeah, it was. And then, um, I mean, we're still in Nye County for the next story, which is a domestic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for the purposes of the story, we should refer to the man that called <laughs> the police. I think we should refer to him as Ed. <laughs> and there's a reason why we call him Ed. And mm-hmm. we will get to that. Uh, but he's having a problem with his girlfriend. He wants her out. He wants Her name is Lola. Lola. And he wants Lola to, to move. Uh, he wants her out of the house. He's done with her. Um, and then he cannot stop talking to save his life. No, he this can't. man is. Awkward. I learned, I learned way too much about this guy in the, from this incident. I mean, I, things I didn't even need to know things. I'm sure the officer didn't need to know or want to know. This guy was just letting it all come out. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, he's telling his his whole romantic past we have to hear about. And then yeah. he starts talking about how he was hit in the head by a horse. He was kicked in the head by a horse and he was in inside. The yes. Yeah. Uh, 
And it, he keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on. Then he starts talking about the plumbing pipes and how the plumbing drains outside. I mean, we're hearing about so much. But then he has to start talking about his own plumbing pipes. Mm-hmm. We, didn't we didn't need to hear this. Well, look, it was an in, it's an it was an injury from being kicked in the you know by the horse, and that kick resulted in messing up his sex life. Now, <laughs> I don't so, think that's so why he had straight. erectile dysfunction. Yes, Sea Biscuit gave him a limp biscuit. That's mm-hmm. the whole gist of this story. He's blaming the horse that kicked him in the head. And we're not talking about the lower head. We're talking about his upper head, okay? So the horse kicked him in the upper, the the noggin, and that's what's causing his problem. And Lola is tired of the fact that he can't perform. So that's really the whole problem. I mean, that's really what... (laughs) She has a a side piece that she was going to when she needed things taken care of. But... um, yeah, see, his 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 issue was is he was having erectile dysfunction because he was old. That happens to men, you know. Once they hit a certain age, things just don't, you know, rise to the occasion like they once did. And you know, but he wants to blame being kicked in the head by a horse as the reason that his, you know, yeah. junk and, isn't. I mean, you know, it wasn't hard for him to talk about. <laughs> no, he like to talk about it. And, you know, I thought it was really funny when the officer said, well, that'll put a crimp in your relationship. Yeah, <laughs> it probably will do that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we know so much about Ed that we don't want to know about Ed. But, you know, Ed, maybe you're just better off being alone. I don't I know. I think so, too. I really See, we've do. had a lot of relationship issues because we know about all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we're going to end Friday night in El Paso. With <sighs> this guy, know that people have a certain attitude once they get arrested. You know, when they don't feel that they should be arrested, they get a little mm-hmm. argumentative. Sometimes they get a little combative. But this dude, I mean, he was acting crazy. He was fine at first. You know, he was just, you know, he didn't want to get arrested or whatever. They put him in the back of the car. And once that happened, is when he starts just well at the beginning it was an officer needs assistance call Mm -hmm. and um so it was scary at first you're thinking that officer needs assistance and so you know the the race to the scene and then as it turns out this is a gentleman that had been seen earlier in the evening now we didn't see him on live pd yeah but evidently he assaulted a bus driver he was, he was getting on the bus and then he, I guess he punched the bus driver. So we already know he's got problems mm-hmm. and I don't know how he, I don't know if he left the scene. I don't know how he got away from that situation, but that's, they knew him. And so then, I mean, then he just starts, he gets put placed in the police car and he's, and, he, and he's screaming and he's cursing and he's cursing. And then the poor guy in the studio, all we hear is beep. Beep, 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 And he just, he, and then he's like, he starts banging his head in the police car and injures mm-hmm. himself banging his head. But at the end of this, 
uh, as he's being taken, you know, he's taken out so that the ambulance, no, I'm sorry, at the end of this, the police officers are actually bandaging his head. Well, what was, what was weird is after, as he's banging his head, once he stops and they're trying to get him back under control, he starts screaming, help me, help me. Basically yeah. trying to make it seem like the officers are the ones who injured his head. Yeah, and we're all and then, with our own eyes, we're seeing exactly what happened here. Everyone yeah. of us are seeing what happened. And then when they call him on it, he starts, he had this weird like laugh thing. But he, you know, if it wasn't for his actions and just his stupid, you know, cu- you know, cursing and all the other crap he was doing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I took away from this was the fact that he was throwing out some your mama jokes. It's been a long time since I heard some of your mama jokes. And I don't think that there's a more inappropriate time to talk about someone's mama than the officers that are putting you in handcuffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you're trying to come off as some badass and you're cussing and you're screaming and you're banging your head. And then you come off with a your mama joke. That's what you got. <laughs> That's in your arsenal right there. That's what you're pulling out of your pocket is a yo mama joke. <laughs> come on, dude. Come on. So, yeah, so that's going to end Friday. So now we're going to go to Saturday night, and Mm. we're going to start out in Pasco. (laughs) And I am calling this the ding-dong-ditch call. You're you're calling it ding-dong-ditch, and I'm calling (laughs) bullshit on this entire call. I agree with you, but let's just start from the beginning, okay? okay? So... The officer gets to the door and Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife answers. <laughs> I mean, we all have wondered what happened to her, and there she is. And, okay, my first thought before we heard anything is that this woman is on her way to the to the local watering hole. <laughs> you know, there, I've seen I've seen the her twins all around this area here and the and the whole and the small little kind of like biker bars. And she's wearing the typical ensemble, which is tight mom jeans um, with a shirt tucked, um, oh. low cut, uh, makeup for miles. I mean, she's all dolled up. But so I'm expecting her to say I was on my way out the door, something like that. But no, she says that she was inside watching television. Now, that's the first bullshit flag that we're going to wave on this whole thing, because you ain't ain't no woman sitting around watching TV with that getup on. No way. <laughs> I ain't wearing mom jeans to watch TV because it's too uncomfortable. There's no way. There's no way. That's what I, I am just calling bullshit on that. First of all, and then she says somebody was banging on her door. You want to take it from here? Yes, someone was banging on her door. So she went to go look out the peephole. And there was a man standing on her porch. Um, So I was a little confused how she went from looking through the peephole to getting on the phone with the um, police because it was dark. I mean, it was at night. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're looking through a peephole, um, I'm not sure how she thought she saw the fact that he was touching himself or exposing. No, he was exposing himself first, what she said. So she, I guess she calls the police and then, then the officer wanted her to get a description of the guy, but did she not just say she looked at him through the peephole and saw that he was exposing himself? So why would she need to 
look again if she knew what he looked like. So then she but then supposedly she decided to look. But then she looked through the curtain, right? Did mm-hmm. she say that? Yeah, she mm-hmm. said she looked through the curtains. She didn't think, and she told the officer she didn't think that he saw her. But then he went from exposing him to himself to, you know, she said masturbating like he was, and she she kept acting like she was she was she didn't want to say the words because. She was too ladylike, honey. There's nothing ladylike about that woman. Okay, Hell no. And I mean, so, okay. So let's just let's just think about this for a minute. So there could have been nobody home because mm-hmm. this guy didn't see her. She said he didn't see her, and he's just standing at the door. He gives it a good bang, and then just starts whacking off. And maybe there's nobody home, but he just decides, standing facing the door, he's just going to whack off to, to well, possibly she, nobody she, being there. She said he exposed himself. Showed his penis anyway. Um, but then she took it, she took it one step further and she's like, I don't know if they have rape on their mind. I'm like, so oh. now, yeah, so she, t- she took it from just him banging on the door and touching. Well, and she was all over the place banging on the door. He exposed himself, but then it was, he touched himself then he was masturbating. Then he exposed himself and showed his penis. Well, if he's masturbating, he's already exposed himself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she was all over the place. And so I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling. She just wanted to be on live PD is what it is. She was hoping that an officer would show up with right. the camera crew. That's exactly what I think happened. Right. And it turns out, and it turns out this happens quite a bit. That so officers we find, are so we find out. That's yeah. right. I mean, that was my thought process as well. I mean, first of all, Dan came back later because we all kept wondering, well, what happened? Did mm-hmm. they find this guy? They never found the guy. They never found the invisible whacker. They never found him. So we, so we, we know that they can't find him. Now, if he was on foot, like she said, why would it be so difficult to find him? But then we do learn, look, word gets out in the hood that Live PD is going to be in your area. The word gets out. People know when Live PD is going to be in their area. And so what they do is they fabricate these situations and call the police, hoping that Live PD shows up at their door. So Dog the Bounty Hunter's dolled up wife there got all dolled up in her Friday go to the biker bar outfit, hoping that Live PD would show up at her door. And they did. So she got her little five minutes of attention that she craves. And I hope that, I hope that did her, you know, made her night. (laughs) She has something to talk to the, to the gang about, you know, when she goes to the bar. So yeah, when she goes to the Moose Lodge, she can tell them all about what happened, you know, on Friday night when somebody exposed himself. Mm -mm -mm. So yeah. So then we're going to go from ding dong ditch, um, to something evading police. Yeah, in Richland County. I mean, that was that was crazy. I mean, Mark Loriano goes to pull this guy over, and he takes off, and he, and then we have a car chase. Mm-hmm. We have a big old car chase, and it was quite the car chase. I it, mean, was. it was. I can't. I, I've said it before, but I just can't imagine, you know, a, as a spouse watching your husband drive at these speeds on the inter on the interstate like that. Just, just it's just so. I can't stand that camera shot of them on the interstate driving because it makes me so nervous. Yeah. But um, he's chasing the guy and then the the guy goes to get off of an off ramp and he hit that little, you know, the little median thing that's always Mm -hmm. there when you're going for an, and he hit that and wrecked. And um, so, yeah, he, he wrecked out right then and he was fine. 
and there were other cars involved, sort of. Yeah, I mean, he was he was, I mean, he was banged up a little bit. Um, the airbags deployed. His car was definitely oh um, smashed, totaled. You know, it just he was lucky. But it was just, but it was like the the scene of the the crash happening. You know, I mean, it's it's like that scene. Remember in season one when Trooper Todd Poole was chasing the guy and he got off um, and was going to. It looked like they were going down the off ramp into where you would go to the light. But instead of making a right or left, he continued to try and go straight and he hit that wall. It was the same yeah. guy where he yeah, jumped yeah, yeah. out and he went run. It That kind of scene where the car, it's almost looks fake because the car does this like smash and bounce. You know what I mean? Yes. And yes. that, that kind of stuff terrifies me because it's just like, you know, even though the guy was running, I don't want to see something, you know, tragic. You know what I mean? No, we so. don't. And when, you know, when Addie Perez was running to the other vehicles to find out if people were okay, I got nervous because I thought, oh my gosh, I hope nobody else is hurt. In the first vehicle, the, the airbags had deployed in the first vehicle, but they said they were fine. And she goes up to another vehicle and there's a male and female in the vehicle. And she says, are you okay? And their airbags had not deployed, correct? No, they, right. no. The only, the only airbags that had deployed was the car that actually wrecked. Those oh, so nobody's ones. airbags deployed. No, Everybody was nobody fine, else, and nobody's yeah. airbags deployed. Yeah, because both um, the cars that were involved. Okay. Actually, she went to three. She went to three cars. She went to two cars at the rear of the accident, and then there was a van kind of in front of it. And she went to each one, and everyone said that they were fine. Right. Well, minutes later, we see this couple getting out of the van, and they're both like they're kind of walking, kind of weird, and then the chicks got her her hand ho- holding up to her head. Like, so I, wait a minute. You just told the officer you were fine. Now you're, you know, his hold- neck. the gentleman's rubbing his neck. He's got it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're so, we're such, we're, we always, um, you and I just don't really ever believe anybody about anything. <laughs> so, we're cynical. We, we're cynical. We're cynical. I, I, we're a couple of cynical bitches, but yeah, I mean, I'm watching this going, wait, you were fine a minute ago. And then, she walked away and then we come back. It was like they had a couple of minutes to talk. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and Addie kept saying, you know, and Loriana said, okay, well just lean here. He was trying to get them not to move. And I was thinking to myself, they, sh- and they wouldn't listen. They're still moving around, walking around, you know, she's they're got crazy. her. She has- yeah. And I'm like, they're moving around an awful lot for someone who is hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Whatever. And if they were hurt, I'm sorry that we're cynical and I hope you feel better. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite part Um, of that whole, that my favorite part of that whole thing is when Addie Perez was um, standing mm. with the guy who actually wrecked and caused the accident and her face, like you could just, just the look on her face was pure. Like, you know, you stupid idiot. Like you caused this, you know, to happen to these people or whatever. And she just, just the, the look for on her nothing. face. I mean, she yeah, was so pissed nothing. because the guy, as it turned out, the reason that he did this whole chase is because he had a suspended license. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, he probably would not have even gone to jail. He, what yeah. an, what an idiot. But she, he got told, honey, mm-hmm. she told him. And I loved her New York accent coming out. Her accent came out and he got told and I loved she's it. Just, she's a total badass. I, I love her. Yeah, I, can, I can't wait. I can't wait to, you know, interview her. I can't wait to interview her either. And it's going to happen. Uh, 
Well, anyway, so that's it. He went to jail, and, you know, everybody everybody was fine. And then we're going to go over to Nye County. It's for a warrant. So this is a warrant search. So they had a they had an arrest warrant for somebody in this home and to search the home. And, and, this, um, and this, was, this was the supposed supplier mm-hmm. of the Friday night incident where they went into the house and they pulled the three gentlemen out and they were doing a search of their house. So right. this is the um, supplier of the drugs for the guys from Friday night. So he gave yeah. them up. That's right. He gave them up. He gave a name. So now they have this name, and so they're going to go go over there. And um, so they're knocking on the doors, and the garage door is open. And so then the camera pans over, and you see them walking into the house via the garage. Honey, I could not get past the pile of laundry that was sitting there. I just could not. It was a mountain, a mountain of laundry. And I'm like, what in the actual hell is happening right now? And then – Right past that is a washer and dryer. They don't use that <laughs> washer mean, and dryer. The whole house that? was a they mess. They throw their heroin maybe in that washer and dryer. But but I just, I could not believe it. But then they, they go in and they start bringing people out. And I promise you, I'm thinking, as I'm seeing the ensembles of what these people are wearing as they're being brought out, I'm like, yeah, that's what happens when you don't do any laundry. This is what you're forced to wear. Because, I mean, you got a guy that's about probably a buck 10 wearing like extra large pajama pants that he's trying to hold up that are multicolored tie dye looking, I don't know, bright pajama pants. And they bring a chick out who's wearing leather pants. <laughs> I, I'm just like looking at all this and, and the goofy looking outfits coming out. And I'm like, yeah, that's they're wearing, look at you now you're on national television, having to wear your laundry day clothes. So there you go. <laughs> But then they pull. Then they bring out this old man. I mean, it just does it not seem like every time that they do any kind of uh, arrest warrant or search warrant or anything on the show that it always seems to be the house is a complete disaster and just messy. I mean, it just seems like that's. uh, And these people, I mean, housework is not the top of their list. Getting high and, I mean. I guess it's like fit as many people in here as we can and let's get, you know, let's just all do drugs. I mean, that's what it, I guess that's what it you is. Know, I'm thinking that is next to godliness and they never heard that. <laughs> I'm thinking that the drug dealer or the supposed drug dealer in this scenario may run in sort of the same circles as um, the Pasco ding dong ditch lady. Do you think they seem yeah, they think they, they seem they seem like they might hang out they might hang in the same kind of circles even though they're not in the same state but I hate to generalize like that but he's all wearing like you know Wrangler jeans and he's got on this you know plaid shirt he looks like maybe back in the day or he may still be a biker or whatever but I mean he was old as dirt and mm-hmm. you know he's all trying to act like he doesn't know what they're talking about well then he gave he, they asked for the combination of his safe that's in his bedroom. He gives it to them, and there's heroin in it. Right, but he, he thinks he somebody said, else put it in there. Yeah, somebody else put the heroin in his safe in his bedroom. <laughs> Come on. All right, dude. Whatever. Yeah. So he's an old man heroin dealer with all these heroin addicts, you know, in his house. And so they all, you know, they they hauled them all off, and that was yeah, you know, that, that, was that was pretty much it. Well, I mean, they all gave up. It wasn't that exciting. 
it, yeah, it wasn't, the, uh, but it was, it was actually kind of sad because the people that were in the house with him, they all knew that, you know, heroin was in the house. They all admitted to using heroin. So it was basically a house full of junkies right. and, you know, it's, it, it was just kind of, it was just sad, you know, I mean, it was sad. It was, it was very, very depressing. And that pile of laundry, <laughs> that's when, you know, people have just given up. I mean, when you let that laundry pile get that high and you're forced to wear a pair of leather pants while you're sitting around getting high, then you know life is rotten for you and you should get help. It's just very sad. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. The whole, that, yeah, anyway. Well, then we go over to El Paso with a call of shots fired. Mm. Now, this story irritated the teetotal living hell out of me. Tea total. Um, this woman, okay, so the house, there's a a woman call an older an elderly lady calls because shots are ringing. She hears shots. The police get there and she's showing them, you know, well, it it, you know, it's in that direction. So they go over there and there are bullet holes all in this house, the windows, the walls, etc. Yeah. And they go to start investigating, and this woman that lives in the house is not going to cooperate whatsoever. She is so rude and nasty to the officers, basically like, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything. There's nothing you can do. And then she was saying, what was it she was saying about? She's um, like, I don't want to play your games. Yeah, I'm not going to waste my time talking to you. I mean, she, who, she was, who the hell? She was, yeah, she's saying that they're playing games, but they asked her, and she's like, you need to just come out and ask me blunt. They did. They asked who, what happened, you know, and she, I mean, she seemed like she was high as a kite, you know well, what I mean? Was like tweaking. she was, she was just, she was just tweaking, 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 and you saw the scabs on her face, and mm-hmm. I mean, clearly this chick is, you know, another meth user, and mm-hmm. she was tweaking out of her mind, and she just, she had... She's she's just an angry tweaker, very angry tweaker. She yeah, and she, cla- and she claimed she claimed that she didn't even hear the house get shot up. Right. And she then and then not only that, she then claimed that she doesn't know who's living in her own house. She says she doesn't know nothing. Right. So it's like okay, so you're living in a house, you don't know who comes in and out of your house because you don't care. So, but then her boyfriend was in the house, and they're like, well, who was he? That's my boyfriend. Well, and she's like, don't ask me any questions. I was just like, oh, my God. Then they told her to go away. They're like, get your, get your slushy or whatever it was that she had. And they mm-hmm. told her to basically go away, go down the street. She's like, what? This is my house? They're like, no, it's an investigation scene now. Sorry. Right. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, and then she goes marching off the street and she calls the police officer. She gets one last parting shot and calls him a dumb mofo. Really, honey, go look at yourself in the mirror. Look at the situation at hand as you walk your ass away from quote unquote your house and who's the dumb mofo. I think See, this 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 is a perfect example of how I could come in handy at a police. <laughs> That's right. Officer because Taser on the scene. Yes, Officer Taser to just give one good tase to people that act like complete idiots during she, and it, yeah. you know what I mean? So I would as she was walking away, I would have just just tased the hell out of her. She needed a good zapping. I would have loved yeah. to see her fall over. <laughs> <laughs> We're horrible. We're horrible people. 
We are. So now we're going to go over to Fort Bend. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a gentleman sitting on the ledge, on a little ledge next to, you know, on a sidewalk. And he's got a box next to him. Mm-hmm. And so the officer walks up and he says, so what you got in the box? And, he, and the officer opened the box. <laughs> In surprise. There's a big old rat in there. <laughs> White rat. A big old rat. I and, mean, I guess as rats go, it was a cute rat, but you know, it was white and but it had that weird rat tail. It, was, ugh, it just creeped me out. But yeah, he had a pet rat. And and you know, the officer's like, Well, where'd you get the rat? He goes, I just bought it. And he goes, You bought it? How much did you pay for it? He goes, five dollars. Oh, you wanted to get on. You want to get on that special five dollars before it goes up to six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, as they're chatting, you see the rat absconds. That rat is like, I am the hell out of here. I've got freedom. I'm going. I'm jumping out, and I am absconding. And so he jumps out, and then this poor dude who just bought the rat is now having to search for his five dollar rat, and that officer ain't gonna help him. He's just gonna stand, even though. <laughs> And we have to say it, it's kind of the officer's fault the rat got out. It is kind of the officer's fault. Yeah. I will agree with that. But the guy was about, because there was like this, um, this tall, like iron fence around this, the end of this building where the, the rat had kind of like run into the fence area. So the guy was about to jump over because he was up at the top of the fence. He's been there like, oh no, he's now on this side. So then he jumps down. It was that fence. He was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. He he really was. And he was, you know, he's like, you know, oh, is he right there? And they're, they're chasing around. And then I guess the officers are just like, you know, done. He's like, we can do this, guys. Don't give up so easy. And I was like, I like his tenacity. I like his spirit. I liked his, I liked his spirit. But what I didn't like is that, I mean, here's the thing. If you buy a pet, you have to, the key word there is pet, which mm-hmm. means you need to touch it. Petting means touching, and he did not want to touch his own new pet rat. He didn't want to touch it. He was scared to touch his new pet. (laughs) He said, "Can I be?" Yeah, he said, "Can I be honest? I'm afraid to touch it." (laughs) (laughs) As he's like crouched behind a you know a bush, and the officers are shining their flashlights trying to help him see it, and they keep saying, "Do you see him?" He's like, "Yeah," and they're like. Well, get it. And he's like, oh, well, just go in for it. And that's when he said, I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was, you know, he finally got he the rat. He it by the tail like it's got bubonic or something. You know, he's grabbing it by the tail. And I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to hold your pet rat. Come yeah, on, dude. It was, it was, it was weird. But, you know, he, he got him. He was happy. And his, the, the, the rat's name was Scaredy Cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird name for a rat scaredy cat okay wasn't there a movie called wilbur or something about a guy that had a pet rat wilbur never mind uh, it. scary no. weird maybe okay never mind i know there's Stuart little isn't no, no, Stuart no, no, this little is rat? probably giving away my old 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 go girl age so no <laughs> never mind <laughs> Okay, it was a creepy movie, but we'll just move on. Let's go to El Paso and <laughs> anyway. I hate when that happens. Uh, yes, El Paso. 
with a couple on their first date snorting coke in the car. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the guy has two baggies of cocaine on him, and then there's a third baggie that's emptier, has residue in it that was just kind of like um, in the center on the center console between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the woman wants she wants to play innocent, like she doesn't know what's going on. She starts, you know, calling out the guy for not taking, you know, responsibility for the third bag. Um, you know, then she starts going on about how it's a rental car. Why is she being held responsible for something that's in a car that's not hers? It's a rental car, it's the rental car. <laughs> so I'm just like, I mean, girl, a, come on. It's like a, you you know what's going on. Is that a new service that rental cars are providing? Is like with pickup, you also get your drug of choice included with the car. Is that <laughs> right. what's going on? Yeah, yeah that's, she, that's the new thing. Yeah, she was she was upset that Joe wouldn't take responsibility so she could get set free. So I, I'm assuming I'm you know call me crazy. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's probably not going to be a second date. They looked a little mi- mismatch, mix ma- mismatch to begin with. I mean, I was looking at them and I'm like, I don't think this is a love connection to begin with. And then old Joe's just like, you know what, lady, you were doing coke with me and you're standing here acting like Pollyanna. You're going to jail with me. So Joe, you know, they're like, Joe, you know, whose bag was that? Well, Joe's like, I don't know. So <laughs> she went to jail too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was, that was the last, uh, scene from Saturday night. If you know, there was a lot going on. They did eight departments. They followed eight departments both nights and, Friday was really just, you know, bam, 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 bam. Saturday, not so much, but right. it was, in- but it was interesting seeing the different, the different departments, you know I mean? Maybe that's something they should go forward with if they're able to. It you was know? a lot of fun. It was a lot to keep up with. I mean, I, I just think with all the agencies, it was a lot to keep up with. Hey, Donna, is that a call coming in? I wonder if that's our special guest. Okay. Live PD nation. We're super excited to welcome Officer Tom O'Neill to Partners in Crime. How are you doing today, Officer O'Neill? I'm fine. And yourself? Oh, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. good. Yeah, we're super excited to talk to you. We have a um, there's a lot of your fans on Twitter and Instagram that are excited about hearing this um, interview with you. So we're excited. I'm excited to be on. Um, Could you give us a little bit of background? that of yours with the department, how long you've been there and, um, you know, if you've done anything else in law enforcement other than Jeffersonville for the people that may not, um, know you from season one. Yeah, I've been with the Jeff police now for, this is my 10th year, uh, mostly in patrol. Then I went to the traffic division and now I'm currently assigned to the narcotics division, uh, as an interdiction officer, which is uniform narcotics work. I worked for the Clark County Sheriff's Department for almost 10 years before in corrections and then courthouse security uh, as a supervisor in the jail for them. Okay. Um, Now, is the narcotics division, is um, Officer Leverett also in that division? Or is he, uh, or is that? Yeah, Leverett and I are the two uh, uniformed narcotics officers for the Jeff Police Department. He's my partner. We work hand in hand daily together. Oh, okay. I didn't see. That's what I didn't know. Cause I know that a lot of times when we see you guys on the show, you are, um, kind of together. So I wasn't sure if it was like a partner situation or just because of the show. Um, 
but we love that pairing. You guys are great together. You are. Well, thanks. Um, what's the reaction been to you guys' um, involvement with the show? I mean, is it, we, we've seen a few times where you guys will pull someone over and they want to, you know, it, it starts out normal, but then it, it escalates to either, you know, them being disrespectful. And we've seen a few that make comments towards um, the officers like, you know, you guys are just doing this because of the cameras here or whatever the case may be. Um, but for the most part, what has the um, reaction been there um, in your city being on the show? It's definitely been positive. Um, most people had no idea what we deal with on a daily basis and the effect that we have out here on people, whether it be good or bad, helping people out um, due to house fires and trying to get them assistance because their house has been damaged or making an arrest for narcotics or uh, working an accident. So everybody, we, we've had, of course, some negativity. You always have that no matter what you do in life. But mm-hmm. for the most part, everybody's been very receptive to the show. Uh, it's really helped out the community, I believe, in a big aspect. You know, I, I like hearing that because there have been so many um, issues surrounding, you know, police departments in the last few years in this country. So I, I, lo- I love how this, this show shows just the day-to-day stuff that you guys go through. Um, and it's and it's also important, I think, um, for younger people, because it, it just seems like, yeah, I'm 40, so it just seems like if, if I had children, my, those, my children would be in that age demographic right now where it just seems like there's, there's no respect for authority of any kind. And we see that and a lot on the show. The respect I'm sorry? factor. Um, the respect factor has decreased in the last ten years that I've seen on the street. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of people do have respect for us, but the people that do not, just because of our job or the uniform we wear, has went uh, drastically to the other end. It's not just in the middle, but it's almost like pure hatred. I, and, and I and I don't. I mean, I I don't understand that. I you know I guess. Maybe I was brought up in a time where, you know, me and Donna talk about this all the time, where we were taught to respect authority, especially police. Um, I never had any, um, you know, I was never a cop hater or said anything negative towards police. But I was also one of those people where if something bad happened, you knew to call 911 or to call the police. And that and that was just it it never really kind of went past that of just knowing, you know, what you're um, what you were supposed to do. But then seeing the show and seeing the things that you guys go through on a daily basis and just I, I guess the thing that I that I take away from it is just is seeing that disrespect. And it's just I don't understand where it comes from, um, you know, and it kind of it it disturbs me. So I can't I can't imagine being an officer right now and just dealing with people that just the things that come out of their mouth, regardless of everything else that's going on in a situation when you pull someone over. So, and that's the big thing that I try to get through to people is if you've had, there's bad cops, there's bad uh, firemen, there's bad everything. There's going to be bad apples in the bunch. And just because you've had a issue with one officer because he stopped you and wrote you a speeding ticket that you didn't agree with and he was rude to you, or you called the police one time and they were rude. If you, the people that hate us, when you're shot, when you have an accident, when you're bleeding, you, we're the ones you call, even though you hate us. We're your first call, and we're the ones mm-hmm. that come and put our lives on the line to save you. And at the end of the day, hopefully you 
get a different opinion of us, but I've had people that have called me for help. I've showed up to help them and fix their problem, and they cuss me as I'm walking away. But it's just part wow. of the game. I mean, wow. I don't know how you deal with it. I honestly have no idea how you deal with it. It's just, especially when it's day in and day out. You know, so we have so much respect for you, and especially after seeing the show, like Kayla said, um, because I don't think people really have a, it's very easy for people to say things. It's very easy for people to form an opinion, but when you're actually seeing what, what goes on and what you're forced to deal with, it's unbelievable. And so, um, you know, we have the highest respect for what you do and, and, God bless you, because I don't think I, w- I would never have the patience to do it, and most people probably would not. It takes it takes a special person to be able to put up with what y'all put up with, for sure. It's one of the deals where the good outweighs the bad. You can have five bad negative calls to where people treat you bad, but the one person, the one elderly person, or the one true victim that shakes your hand and says thank you for your help, it makes it all worth it. That's why 95% of the police officers do what they do uh, not because of the money but because it's the love for it or the passion you, you like to actually make a difference right well thank thank you for putting that uniform on every day i mean seriously thank That's you for pleasure. that um what does your daughter think of seeing her daddy on the show she loves does it. she i mean does um, she, oh, she does she <laughs> She tells her friends, uh, and like at the daddy daughter dance, I was the dad that was on TV. It, it's kind of neat to that aspect of Aww. it. It's a little, there's a few parts of it that's nerve wracking to the fact, like I'm real uh, cautious what I put on Twitter with her just because there could be haters uh, yeah. of me on the show. But yeah, I mean, she's excited. Anytime somebody picks me out, like we were in Tennessee not too long ago and on the way to Florida, there's been four or five people just on vacation where they come up and go, Hey, you're on ill from YPD. And uh, she eats it up. She thinks it's neat to uh, see me on TV and she tells her friends about it. That That's that is very so cool. cute. That's, that is so cute. How old is she? She's seven. Oh Aww. yeah. Cause I, yeah, I thought she see. I, I love seeing the little glimpses that we get from Twitter of the officers, um, you know, beyond the show. So I, I love seeing those little glimpses in the little pictures or whatever. I, I think it's adorable. So I think it's cute that she absolutely eats it up because you're like, you're like a superhero to her. <laughs> I guess in some ways. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she's why I do what I do though. Well, I I just, yeah, I I think that's sweet. Now, um, you said that your partners with Sergeant Denver Leverett, what's it, he, I get a little stressed when he's on the show because I, I feel, I just feel like, you know, I am in the hot seat when I'm watching him with the, you know, the people that he questions on the show. What's it like working with him? He's entertaining to say the least, uh, dealing with him day in and day out. <laughs> he's very good at what he does. Um, he's very respectful. So uh, he's one that the newer officers can actually watch and learn and take away uh, the ability or learn the ability to do narcotics work, which with us, narcotics works like anything else. If, if you're taking a theft report or you're working an accident, you're asking the same questions. You're just asking um the same type of questions just in a different way so he's really good at what he does um him and i together we make felony arrest every day uh out here for dealing usually so but he's very precise he's very ocd even 
when it doesn't come to work. So he wears me out in that aspect some way. Says everything's <laughs> got to be exact day in and day out because I'm not that type of person. But together we make a good pair, I guess. That's have good. You, yeah. Have you ever confessed something to him that you didn't know you were doing? I mean, has he ever has he ever put his magic to the um, test with you? I know all his tricks. He can't get by on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good to know. I think I think Donna and I were both we were laughing one time because I mean he really was going at it on the show and we both were joking that we were confessing the things we did when we were five years old. <laughs> five yeah, I was years like, old. I was like, yeah, I stole some lipstick from Kmart when I was nine. <laughs> we were confessing everything. I mean, I I could just that. Have... start out small and ask small questions just enough to get them to open up. Uh, that's everybody's thing. They want to give you something small so you'll miss the big target. So, right. and he's just continuously uh, watching body language and eye movement, hands, stuff like that. Uh, he's he's good at reading bodies and he picks up on the criminal indicators and just runs with them and doesn't let off of them. Yeah. Well, I I love watching the two of you uh, during the stops, and I know this past week for the hundredth episode. You had commented on having a nose like a hound dog. <laughs> I'm curious what the strangest, I, I know where, where the strangest place is you guys have found drugs, Ugh. but what is the strangest way that you've come across that someone has tried to hide their drugs? Like, because I see some elaborate, um, you know, examples on the show of where people will try and hide what what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen other than a body cavity <laughs> mm. through some of the uh, narcotics people that i work with uh we've seen them where they have actually taken their tires apart and put them in car tires uh and oh, wow. engines anywhere you could imagine um there was one specific vehicle was a volkswagen and they had made a hidden compartment behind the radio and it took a series of turning the left turn signal on you're setting your radio to 88.1 and then hitting your hazard button which actually activated the opening where it opened up and there was two kilos of cocaine back there so oh, i mean the people work really hard on where to hide stuff how to hide stuff that's why when we search vehicles it takes so long it, we might be on a you know a 40 or 50 minute stop that makes two or three minutes of tv right that's crazy that that is a, that just seems like an awful lot of work i mean obviously we don't do that because we're not drug dealers but <laughs> <laughs> that's some genie you, stuff right there when you said that the other night i was cracking up that's some genie oh about stuff. the hound dog oh no about <laughs> yeah, oh, I I don't the know if they ever said, aired the rest of it, but he said, had a little bit of weed in his pant or his jacket. Oh, he did? I don't think we saw that part. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't see that. But, I mean, it was just like, it was just <laughs> right out. It's like, well, <laughs> I have a nose like a hound dog, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, who, who do you. kind of felt bad for him. Oh, I'm, you know, I kind of, it's, it's really bad when you feel bad for the people on the show, when they're the ones that get them themselves into the circumstances they're in, you know what I mean? But sometimes, sometimes we do, it's just, you know, it's just that there's always that one person that gets pulled over who always has like a roach or some shake in their car and they're, they just want to say, no, I don't have anything. No, I don't have anything. And it's just like, they go to jail for so little, and it's just like, come on, people. 
Yeah, right. and with that specific guy that you're speaking about, like he called, he tried to call his brother to come get his car. He hung up on him. Then he called his wife, and she wouldn't come. She hung up on him because she wasn't staying <laughs> at their house. She's staying somewhere else because he's got a drinking problem. It's just, it's frustrating when you see people that don't want help because right now with the way the world is, if you're an adult, I can't force you to get help. And if, unless you really want help, your family can't even help you at this point. Yeah. Um, for the most part, because you'll lock people up and you'll send somebody to jail. They look like death warmed over. You'll see them in eight months later when they're coming out of jail and you're like, wow, they look great. And then two months later, they're back to where they were. Were you on that call where the guy had actually OD, basically yeah, OD and then they used the Narcan and then you saw him walking on the street the next day? Yep. Yeah. Burger King. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. That was that, astounding. That's, yeah, that's still that's because of that one scene. Because there were we had so many questions about Narcan and how it was, you know, the whole process that we actually had a paramedic on the show to explain to us. Because once you uh, guys have the ambulance come, the show kind of stops. It doesn't fall, you know, after that, once they get into the ambulance, we don't hear anything else or we don't know what's going on. So we had a lot of questions. So we invited a paramedic to explain it to us. And we were fascinated by, you know, yeah, just. It's a miracle drug. Yeah, I just, that, that whole scene period, I mean, because that, that guy really did. He looked dead. And just the fact that he popped up the next day, I mean, it blew my mind. It really did. I just. <laughs> Have you I seen him since then? Uh, actually we did because the did? night that we sent him to the hospital, uh, the next day when he was magically seen, he was seen leaving the jail because he was nice enough to steal the nurse's, uh, cell phone oh, as he was leaving the hospital. So he got locked up for that after we saved his life. He stole the nurse that uh, kept him alive while he was in the hospital until he was released. He stole oh, her cell phone. Oh my God. Wow. That's some balls. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a lot of people, a big thing now is Narcan parties, because you can get them personally. You can possess one. They're easy to get mm -hmm. access to. So us three would have a party to where I would let you all get as high as you could to where you get high. You, you know, if you normally use a point, you're going to use two points and you're going to press the limits until you pass out and you go unconscious. Then I'm going to use your Narcan to revive you. And once you're, you're back, then no, it, it's it's nuts. Kids are not necessarily kids, but adults, people are doing it because Everybody will fill the Narcan on the coffee table and sit around and start shooting dope. And whoever goes out first, uh, one person's got to stay sober. And once they bring you back, it's your turn to stay sober, and we'll start pushing. So they're administering Narcan on each other? They're yeah, watching? they'll bring each other That's back. That's unreal. That is unreal. That is, that is just crazy. I'm, I just... Narcan's great, but when you... I've seen it to where uh, we border Louisville, Kentucky, um, mm -hmm. by the river. And there's one patrolman over there in a certain district that I'm friends with. They re they Narcan the same person five times in 24 hours. Oh, my God. Wow. Because that if is... you're at your house, it's not a criminal offense to be high or intoxicated. As long as they don't, you know, they don't have the paraphernalia, they don't. And that's the big thing. When you overdose, your friend's going to take all your dope, all your drugs, all your paraphernalia, and they're going to leave. They're going to call yeah. 911 and go, hey, she's down, and they leave, and then you find the person down. There's nothing there to charge them with. So you Narcan them. Uh, the ambulance takes them to the hospital. There's not a hold because there's no criminal charges because they're at the residence. Mm. So at that point, 
you know, usually within an hour of being Narcan, they're back out on the street. They sign themselves out. They don't want to be there. They don't want to hear people trying to help them. And they'll go back. Uh, you would think people will go, wow, I probably shouldn't do that anymore. But it's not the case. Most people that you Narcan, you Narcan before. Because so it's, there's like, it's a almost like a safe. Well, it's it's yeah, like but, a safe. They, they have a safety net now that they think. You know, yeah, if, if know I that. overdose. Ugh. Wow. I'm that's, dis- that's disturbing. Because one of the things that the paramedic told us is that the effects of Narcan don't last if you're if you're you know i'm assuming that if, if you're just so far almost gone that it brings you out but the effects only last so long and then you can slip back into um whatever state you were before you were administered it um yes so that that scares me that that people that have that kind of habit would rely on another person who has the same habit to stay sober long enough to bring them out of their overdose i mean that to me is terrifying it's astounding truly i've never heard this before it's astounding wow that's crazy yeah it's luckily i mean the heroin's still bad but heroin has kind of went to the wayside just due to the price of it uh the expense of it methamphetamine's so much cheaper that's why any show you watch you see methamphetamine on the table or you know it's the drug of choice at this point uh, because in southern Indiana, um, an ounce of methamphetamine is almost as cheap as an ounce of good marijuana, which is unheard of. Wow. That is, I just, <laughs> I just, you know, and, it's, and the sad thing is, is this, it just seems like it's everywhere right now. And you hear about the overdoses and the use of Narcan. And it is, I mean, it's, I don't know what communities can do. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, you can educate people, but at the end of the day, like you said, you can't force an adult to do anything that they're not ready to do. And if they're not ready to get clean or, you know, um, put their family or kids, that's what's the hardest to watch are the ones that have kids. They're choosing that drug over their children. And And the bad thing is it does not discriminate against anybody. No, it doesn't. Especially when it comes to the heroin. Um, And it's sad when you see it's not what people would classify as a junkie. You've got a hardworking parent that, you know, gets a toothache. And they go, they've been good their whole life. Then they go to the dentist. They get lower tabs. And just them 15 pills hook them. And they can't get the lower tabs. Or after the lower tabs don't work, they go up to Oxycontins. And they're paying 40 to $80 a pill to be high for two hours on Oxycontin when they can go buy heroin and be high for six hours for half the price. And, you know, when the heroin comes in, your average heroin around here is probably 70% pure, uh, would be considered good. So if it comes in at 70% pure and it misses, you're used to dope at 70% purity and one person doesn't cut it or the guy that normally gets it and from Louisville that drives to Atlanta, drove all the way to Florida to get it so he could save money, and it misses that one step, that's where people overdose because it's coming in stronger than they're used to because it's not where a Tylenol or a Lortab is 325 milligrams of acetaminophen. There's no way for these street users to know the purity of the heroin, and it could be uh, chocolate powder, like stuff that you would make uh, chocolate milk with because that's what it looks like. That's usually when people sell bad dope, that's what they sell. 
So you could be shooting Nesquik into your veins, or you could be shooting 100% uh, heroin, or somebody could have taken a 70% purity and knocked it down with a, you know, chocolate powder and then put throw fentanyl on it. And the fentanyl, the Narcan, does not reverse. Oh, it does not. No, fentanyl I mean, uh, is, I uh, can't think of the exact terminology it is, but Narcan just blocks opioids. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, fentanyl is a narcotic analgesic, which is like what they give you when you're going for surgery, like when they're putting you out. Mm-hmm, right. So it does. It cannot block that. So you'll see it's where huge... they try to fight it. Yeah. It's it, that's a huge problem here in Florida. It's the heroin that's laced with fentanyl. Um, we've had a lot of overdoses here due to that. Yeah, because a I pound of fentanyl is about the eighth of a price. You you can get that uh, drastically, drastically cheaper than you can heroin. Right. Wow. And what's absolutely crazy that blows my mind uh, is when if I'm selling heroin and I get a new batch in and I sell it to you and you die, you overdose because it's so strong. Everybody wants my dope now. That that's that's the way that I become popular, and it's <sighs> not oh. People are dying off of his dope. Then everybody, hey, who who had that? Who had that? And you can see who blows up by it's the way you can almost trace uh, overdoses. Because it's so strong, they want it. That's the reason. Yeah, it's the best dope out. They think that if it's strong enough to kill them, then you know they'll have their Narcan and take I the bread. I just don't. And, <laughs> this is I insane. can't wrap my yeah. I can't wrap my brain around that mentality. I mean. Wow. I mean, and, and, and then, you know, so it's, it's, it's so cheap to get it, you know, it produces the high that they want yet you have people, I don't want to say possibly cause I'm, I'm not, you know, um, diabetic or whatever, you know, the, but the, the price of normal pharmaceuticals that are nowhere near as, you know, uh, you know, these are saving people's lives are thousands of dollars a piece yet you can go, it, it just, it just, it's almost like it's tailored to get people hooked. I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it, it stresses me out that people would make that decision to, you know, take a drug that they know they could die from just to get, I just, I just don't understand. I guess that's yeah, why it's I don't. It's a never ending loop. Because wow. the heroin, when you're on heroin, that's, it's a depressant that slows you down. That's why you'll see, you know, people that are passed out on it they go unconscious because it just slows everything down uh, you figure for a gram of heroin you're going to pay 100 bucks on average well you can get an eight ball of methamphetamine around here which is 3.5 grams for 100 to 110 so people are going to meth because you'll never hear of anybody overdosing on meth uh, it, i've never heard of it even if you do your the three and a half grams but th- that's when you see the people where they oh meth zombies meth keeps you awake so when they do meth they're used to heroin and they're used to shooting, putting it in their vein and passing out and waking up in 20 minutes. They shoot the meth and they're awake for three days. That's where mm-hmm. people start going crazy and you start seeing the uh, negative side of things. Pete, meth will stop heroin users from being dope sick where they go through withdrawals, but it's a total different uh, high, so they don't like it. But it's kind of what that's why you see meth so much now because you can get three times the amount for your money. It's just a totally different high. Wow. 
<laughs> I, I just feel like I got schooled. <laughs> I, mean, I Definitely. These are all things I had no clue about. I mean, I just don't. I can't because, you know, I grew up. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I inhaled when I was a kid, you know, when I was younger and in high school. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I, I tell, I, we tell jokes on this podcast all the time, you know, about how, you know, in Atlanta growing up in the city or outside the city, we used to have to drive into Atlanta and the worst possible part of town in just to get a dime bag. And we were willing to like evade cops or, you know, sneak around or whatever, you know, we thought we were badasses, but now no, it just seems like it's. <laughs> yeah, you bl- you didn't blend, Kayla. You weren't yeah, blending. Yeah, we, we we yeah. Trust me, no, we did not blend in. But that was just you know that was the thing. And then you take off back to the suburbs, and here, I mean, now it just seems like it's everywhere, and not just marijuana. I mean, because marijuana is the the least of worries, in my opinion. When you have all these drugs that you know, because when I was young, I mean, my dad, unfortunately, um. My dad was an addict for many years, but his drug of choice was crack. And um, unfortunately, he's one of those sad story, had everything in the world and lost everything um, for that drug. And but the complications that he had with his health over the years of him doing it um, led to um, he, he died a couple of years ago as a result of just, you know, problems he had from doing drugs and so I just, I don't, I just, I guess it's just that, that I guess I'm just missing that one little thing that makes me go, oh, well, let me try, try this for whatever reason. You know, it starts with a, a pain pill from the doctor. I mean, I've been prescribed pain Percocet and, you know, when I've had surgeries and stuff like that, but I never thought to, you know, it was nice. I'm not going to lie sitting there on Percocet feeling no oh, pain Lord. in the world, but I, but once they were done, that was it. You know, I, I never thought to, oh, well, let me. And it's just scary and it just, and it's, and it hits everybody. It doesn't discriminate, like you said. So you're, you're seeing people that are passed out in cars with their children. I, it's, it's just scary. I just, I don't, I don't know how we go forward, um, as a society and how we, we deal with this. It just, it just seems like it's just so out of control right now. It just, it's, it's, I mean, I hate saying that over and over, but it is, that scares me that. So many people are yeah, hooked very on this much. stuff. It is. I'm sorry for your loss. I had the same. Uh, I had an uncle that did the same thing, same exact story. And it's crazy how it, um, crack cocaine two years ago kind of went to the wayside, and it's coming back now. Um, I mean, you've always had your normal users. That's what they like. You, people that drink Budweiser are only going to drink Budweiser. Mm-hmm. But it's coming the the crack cocaine's coming back around a little bit it seems like or maybe they're just getting caught more because that was the it's our biggest drive forever was heroin because it was you were getting the call of the mom that had just shot heroin and a mcdonald's drive-through and her car was up against the building running and she had a newborn in the car seat in the back you know i mean or people passed out just in a parking lot just in the middle of it wow that's i i honestly have to say um we we do joke a lot on our podcast and, and we've had officers from the show come on and and we hardly have ever talked well a few times we talked about serious stuff but most part we're just laughing but i just think it's so important that we remember too that 
the actual job you guys um, do isn't for entertainment purposes. Um, you know, you're out there putting your life on the line every day. You're, you're dealing with these people that are overdosing and all these other horrible situations on a daily basis. And it's not all fun and games. And just, just listening to you, I honestly have to admit, I wasn't prepared for, for, for this part. Cause I'm just like, you know, I just, you know, we, I lived in LA. We recently just moved back here to the East coast from LA a couple of years ago. And I, you know, I don't, a lot of, you know, marijuana use in LA cause it's legal. Um, most of the most, uh, Washington state, uh, Oregon, they all have, um, recreational use marijuana. So it, it that was never really kind of like a thing, you know, cause it was, it was almost like normal, but I don't recall seeing a lot of, uh, coverage or incidents on TV about the heroin use there. And maybe it's because I'm naive and I just, it, it just, you know, just didn't dawn on me, but it just seems like since I've been back East, you hear so, I mean, it's, it's almost a daily thing. Yeah. Heroin uh, seems to be bigger out on the East coast and along with spice, you know, spice is one of the big deals because it's so hard to prosecute and they know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just as dangerous. Now I'm confused. I'm confused cheap. about, yeah, see, I'm confused about the spice. It's a synthetic marijuana. Okay. We know yeah. that. And that, it, and it gets them high, but not in a way that marijuana gets you high because it seems like people are almost on like Coke. I mean, cause it just seems like they're, they're very um, agitated or I, I don't know what the right word is, but it, it just, I'm it's one way or the myself. other. Okay. Uh, it'll either cause psychosis as it seems like, or if you notice um, when you see somebody with burn holes all in their, their t-shirts and their sweatpants or their jeans, that's mm. spice because they're passing out. The reason that uh, it's so hard to prosecute is because I don't remember the exact number of chemicals, but if uh, the DEA banned 13 chemicals and called that spice, well, they realized that they can take 12 chemicals and keep the same, replace the 13th chemical uh, with a different chemical, and now that's not that's a legal uh, substance because all it basically is is potpourri that's being sprayed with numerous chemicals and letting it dry. All chemicals mm. are poison that it's sprayed with, and it actually says on the bottles of each chemical do not are not intended for human consumption. But it starts out basically like potpourri. So, um, you know, once the DEA picks up on the second compound that they made and ban that, then they'll keep, you know, one through 10 the same, change 11, 12, and 13. And before you know it, you've got some backyard chemist that's spraying Lord knows what on uh, the spice. And when you're buying it, you have no idea if this guy just made it in his garage or if he bought it from overseas. Wow. Because we just did – one of our postal inspectors just hit 40 pounds of spice coming in through the mail with an ounce of weed and then like a – or it was a pound of weed, 40 pounds of spice, and an ounce of methamphetamine. That was Somebody mailed that? Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised what people put through the mail. Wow. Now, how did okay. now? I'm assuming I'm assuming that it was that they scanned it and that's how they found it, or is it, or was it coming from overseas? I'm not for sure the specifics. It was uh, it came into Louisville, Kentucky, and we just had there was something on our end of hey, can you go check on this kind of deal? Uh, 
so I don't know I mean, any I'm, of the specifics. I'm, but normally, when it comes through, there's indicators that we look for, or that they look for. That's a red flag. It basically says, "Hey, up, this is my box, and I've got to open it." And so when they flag, um, then the canine will run a canine passes the canine alerts on the package. Then they will write a uh, federal search warrant. So once the judge signs it, then they open the box, and a postal carrier can actually do a controlled delivery. So they will deliver it. Uh, at that point, we will have already written a search warrant, uh, anticipating that they're going to take possession of the package, and then we'll serve the search warrant. Ah, uh, that is just crazy to me. I would I would assume that a a fifty sixty sixty pound box or yeah fifty pound <laughs> fifty pound box might be a. a a red flag, you know, I mean, I just, that just, that to me just is crazy. See, Donna, this is why we are not, this is why we would be horrible drug dealers. <laughs> because we, there's just too much work going into it, trying to be shady and, and, and smell yeah. people. And yeah, I we can't even smell. stand ma- mailing a two pound box. I don't think I can mail a 50 pound box. <laughs> yeah. I've always said that people would work as hard at getting a job as they do trying to sell drugs and they'd probably be okay in life heck yeah <laughs> they put a lot of effort into all this they're like they i'm hearing all this it's crazy now you know, the, that's, you, that's where we're lucky because they gotta they gotta be lucky all the time only gotta be lucky once to get their. Dog. that's right but they gotta, Boom. the love the level of celebrity that has come with the show i like i say your, your daughter eats it up she thinks it's a you know fun um but what do you, what do you think? I mean, how I mean, how do you? Because I I can only imagine the fan mail that you get from people fans of the show, and you have popped up on, you know, there's so many fan pages now of the show, and they all will you know pick their favorite, and now you know, and they also have like the fantasy league where you've won that a few times. I mean, how does all that atten- How do you handle all that attention? Uh, I guess the easiest. I just laugh it off more than anything because i'm out here doing my job um every once in a while i'll catch a glimpse of the camera in my face and think oh god i'm i've got two million people watching me but other than that <laughs> it's been uh fun i'm more of i joke more than anything so it life's too short to be serious the whole time so it's been fun it's been a really good time i haven't had any negative uh dealings with it for the most part like you said you'll have certain people cuss you just because they think you're stopping them because of the camera when yeah. that's what we do all day every day we've actually had people call 911 and request a jet police officer and when officers go on scene they'll open the door and go oh damn you don't have the cameras never mind i just wanted to see live pd and close the door you know we have thought yeah. that that we have on. we, we have talk, talked about this we we have a specific incident that happened this past weekend on the show that we're calling bs on because, oh really? Yes, oh, yeah. for serious. Yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah, because this person, her story—I don't know. You know, if someone, if someone was doing what she claimed to have happened on her property, supposedly there was a guy standing on her front porch. Um, it he didn't start. She, door. Wait, he knocks on her door, bangs on her door, bangs on her door, like really, really hard, and then he exposes himself to her as she looks out the drapes now have you ever heard of a lot of people doing that it wouldn't surprise me truthfully i've heard of it but yeah i I think a lot of people want to be on tv Um, yes and and that's four or five areas 
that we work heavily. Uh, that's just our normal areas. That's our high crime areas. And you'll see on Friday nights the same handful of cars up and down, up and down. They're trying to get stopped. They're full of kids. They're full of, uh, you know, they honk and scream. And I, I do have a question that I've been wanting to ask. And okay. <laughs> it's what because I always have to ask the most ridiculous questions. Um, since the show and you guys' participation in the show, who's become the bigger diva? Denver or Flex? Denver. He he was before it even started. <laughs> I called it. I knew it. I knew it. That you know that war- that warms my heart though because he just he just seems like that guy just you know that you would just that would be that way not in a bad way you know but just but I because I see Flex and it's just like he's always gonna he's always gonna have something up on anyone else because he's got that dog and that dog is a yeah, gorgeous Flex. dog and and he's people, amazing uh, at what he does oh we see we see that and I think. I think we talked to, uh, no, someone was on our page and they commented that they didn't understand why Flex was part of the show because he was not trained properly. And, and I was like, were we watching the same show? Because, <laughs> because that dog by far, and the only other one that I think, and I hate, I hate comparing animals because they're all great in their own way. But there's another canine in El Paso, Johnny Cash. And uh-huh. I think Johnny Cash and Canine Flex are my absolute favorite canines on the show. And then I feel a little guilty because I also love Blitz. So mm. <laughs> I always feel conflicted because it's just like, you know, I, I hate having favorites, but I know that I do. And I'm just, I'm always just, you know, but he is, he is an amazing dog. And I love watching him work when he gets to come out of the car and, you know, do the search of, a vehicle or wherever the situation is that you guys get into and that his um, assistance is needed. It's, he's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. And it's nice. Uh, I mean, normally if we're using the canine, uh, there's something already going on. We've already seen stuff, uh, indicators or whatever, and Leverett and I work very well together off of each other, but it, it's nice every once in a while just to see flex because he hits on such a sm- residual amounts. So when, you know, he's given the pass or an alert, it could be because there was a gram of meth sitting on the console or whatever. And you can always find the crumbs or usually, but it's nice every once in a while to pull him out and Denver look at me and go, man, it's just not there. He's, he's not giving me anything to see that, you know, it's not, he's given a constant alert all the time, but it's, uh, he's only doing it when it's there. It's, he's proven that he's right. Wow. I just, I can't, Im- I can't imagine. I would. I would be a horrible officer. I'm, you know, I mean, I just, I would, it just, I would, that's just not my thing. I don't have any patience and I, I would want to throat punch the majority of the people that you guys come into <laughs> contact with. Um, but if I were to ever become an officer, I think I would want to be a canine officer just because I'm, I love dogs. And I think that that would be a, a, a good fit for me if I had <laughs> to do law enforcement. Um, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to watch, you know, um, the interaction between them two as well, not just Flex, but the, the two of them together. When it comes to uh, him and Flex, anytime Flex is out, I always try to play with him or give him attention just so he knows me. Because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you know, if Denver and I worked together, uh, there was a pursuit where he ended up taking 
lead pursuit car that I started where the guy spun out, wrecked, and Flex got the bike from the guy that ran. But if mm-hmm. that would have been backwards and I bail out and go out to the driver and he sends Flex, there's nothing saying Flex isn't going to hit me. Because he's just chasing, he's chasing the target. He doesn't, you yeah. know, I try, I try my best to let him realize I'm, I'm a friend, but yeah, it's something working. And even like when we're doing tracks or anything, if other agencies will call and request our canines, if Sergeant Leverett goes, I'm 99% of the time with him, going to go with him to New Albany or Clarksville or whatever. So if we're doing a track for a robbery suspect or whatever, it's, uh, I'm Denver's lethal cover usually. And he's, He's watching this dog, and I'm watching him. So it's nice uh, being with him for as long as I have and able to trust Flex to where Denver's not worried. Is the bad guy going to get him because he knows that I've got his back? But I know that you know he's got Flex, and Flex isn't going to turn me into a chew toy. Yeah, because that, that actually happened a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, I think it was in Slidell. They had a, this guy that was tr- breaking into cars in the Walmart parking lot, and he was, uh, they, he started fighting with the officer. So he was requesting backup. And when they showed up, a canine was with them and the canine went after the subject. And then they were, they had tased him a few times too. And the, the canine actually ended up biting one of the officers because there were, you know, it was a situation where the officers were around the suspect and it was just a lot going on. And the dog, <laughs> he got the, he got the suspect, but he also got one of the officers. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like we do a week-long training where we just put everybody in the department through for uh, anything and everything, firearms, stops, defensive tactics, uh, building services, and we always incorporate our canines into the training because me working every day with – I'm not a handler by any means, but I work around Denver and Flex every day, so I pretty much know where we're going and what we're doing. But people that don't get to work around our canines every day – if a felony traffic stop happens, they would have had no idea how to do what we call a body bunker for the canine where we're providing cover for him while Flex is doing his thing. So we put everybody together to teach them, hey, this is what could happen, but if you do this, if you do A, B, shouldn't happen. But it's part of it. I mean, it's like putting a uniform on every day you leave. I don't want to be shot. I know there's a chance that I could. So... You know, anytime that I leave for work, I always uh, tell my wife and kids by uh, in a nice way. Even if I've done something to make my wife mad, I make sure that I tell her by because there's a chance that that would be the last time that we ever say it. Mm-hmm. But to her, I'm not a cop. I just go to work. She doesn't. Yeah. She knows what I do, of course. But she said that, you know, it's not I'm out here doing this. I, I just go to work and come home. Wow. I mean, I just... This has been a really informative interview. I have to say, I, I really, it, it, I mean, it, it really has. And we, and we miss, I know that you guys came back for the hundredth episode and I think we heard that you guys are, will be back in April. Um, and yeah. I, and I'm sure that, you know, each department just, you know, sometimes just needs a break, but by far you guys are in like the top. I mean, everybody loves Jeffersonville. I don't think I know anyone that watches the sh- show that has ever, said anything negative about department. So we, you guys, we missed the most. And and not only that, I like how they rotate. Um, we'll see, we'll see, you know, usually Denver and flex are on, on Friday. Sometimes you're on, on Friday. Sometimes you're on Saturday, but they, they rotate through their officers. A lot of the other departments, sometimes they'll stick with just, you know, like a couple. And it's just, I, I like meeting the different 
officers at that department just because, you know, you guys are all great. I mean, you have two of the best canines on the show, Flex and Blitz. And, um, you know, we, we love Susan Woodard. And then I know we got to meet Alyssa Wright the first season. And um, you guys just have a really great group of people. And we love watching you. Yeah, we so. do have a great department from officers up to the administration. And I think that's what makes a big difference here is our administration is a very proactive administration. They want us out working. Um, they want they back us 100 percent if we're right. And when you know that you've got an administration that will back you when you're correct, then it makes a big difference as to the way that we come out here and work. We don't have our administration gives us any and every tool that we need, uh, the moral support and just the come and walk through the hallway hey O'Neill, that was a good, good arrest last night or good job on what you all are doing keep up the good work it goes a long way it's, it's there's definitely not a negative vibe at this police department that you actually see at more police departments than you would like to see it's people not that you need to be appreciated just uh you know it's kind of the deal where a hundred good things go unnoticed but one bad thing gets noticed and it's not like yeah they're there they're positive in every way, shape, and form, and believe in us, and we believe in our admin, and that makes going to work a lot easier. Well, will we see uh, any more of the department later on this season when you guys come back, like Susan Woodard and the rest of the guys that we haven't seen at all this uh, this season two started? I'm not or is sure. That- um, I would say it would be uh, normally our shift on Friday nights, Leverett and I, uh, is live PD on Fridays, um, mm-hmm. unless I can talk my way out of being off so I can go camping every other weekend the way we try to. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, Saturday camping? Night, that's well, cool. Yeah, that's our, we like, uh, that's our big things camping and kayaking, hiking. We do anything outdoors with the kids. Now, do you, do you, act, my, do you do, do you do camping in a camper or a, a tent? A tent, usually. Uh, we do oh, camp in nice. a camper, but the older my seven, the, more she grows up my seven-year-old the less tent we do because it's hot and it's nasty and there's bugs and <laughs> two years two years ago she was my tomboy and like this morning when i was taking her to school she had to have her ipod on so she could use a flashlight with my phone to put mascara on or blush or whatever it was <laughs> as we're driving to school so she's it's definitely, only gonna uh, get worse from here too i hate to break it to you i have a daughter and it's only gonna get worse wait till she's a teenager <laughs> yeah she she mocks my 15 year old and they're both in dance and uh both really good at what they do but they're they, and they know it so she tries to be like the 15 year old and the 15 year old thinks she's in college so it's it's right. a whirlwind for me oh i'm but sure back to the question on saturdays they normally rotate and then the only days that we do not film is uh they are sunday and monday mm-hmm. so like normally Wednesdays, we have the cameras, uh, Sergeant Leverett and I, and throughout the week, two other people film every day with us. Wow. So there is plenty of uh, airing time. It's just uh, we're lucky, Sergeant Leverett and I, that we are not what's considered beat cops. So a lot of times when you see that they're out with uh, Officer James, Levi James, uh, he's a lateral here, been here uh, close to a year great asset to our department but when he's patrolling he's a beat cop so he might be in the central district which runs from 10th street to allison lane uh so that's he's responsible for all calls he's still proactive 
any stopping cars in his district, but he might be called to a burglary or an accident or somebody sick. So he's not just running and gunning the way that Sergeant Leverett and I get to because we work narcotics. We will respond to any emergency call and help out, but if it's just a normal report or whatever, we're normally not uh, doing that due to the fact that we're our narcotics department's pretty big, so we're doing buys, uh, we're undercover or undercover buys, controlled deliveries, uh, surveillance stuff like that. So half the time we're not even in uniform; we're out doing huh. uh, whatever the undercover people need to help with. Huh. I so we didn't know this th- either. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> We're learning so much. I know, Donna, it's it just is apparent that we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this interview. I thank you so much, and have a great day, and be safe, okay? I will. You all have a good day. Thanks, right. you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh-huh, well, we start our big road trip next week. So, so what's the plan for the podcast? Um, well, I have we have um, Officer Tara Burke and Canine Apart will be for the first week that we're gone. So next week's is will be taken care of, and um, I'm going to do some live stuff for PIC, like with Trooper Casey and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that you know I think it's. Because of the adventure and because Flat Donna and you and your husband and your dogs are taking this adventure and you're going to be visiting, you know, you're going to have some ex- exciting surprises on the way. Um, we're going to what forego the actual podcast itself during that time, but there's going to be a whole lot to keep up with on social media, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So definitely. Flat, yeah, Flat Donna's definitely going to go on an adventure and, uh, like I said, I think I'm going to have to put her in check before we leave because she's just starting to get a little too demanding. God, it's it's, it's weird how she's almost exactly like you. <laughs> wow. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, of all the things that I am, I am certainly demanding. Just ask my husband. I'm extraordinarily demanding. And you know, because you're not at all, Kayla. You're not demanding at all. I know. I know. Let's, let's it's, talk it's to your weird. husband about about his experiences with you on road trips, because you're a lot of fun, and he's really looking forward to this one. So, look, he, yeah. look. I have pro- I have promised, just so everybody knows, I do not like being in a car. I'm not a fan of driving. I'm a good driver. I'm a very, def- I'm a defensive driver, but I don't like being. <laughs> I really am, but I'm not, I don't like being in cars. If it's for more than five or 10 minutes, I start, um, becoming you know, a raving bitch is what she does. <laughs> those, those exact words seem to have come out of my husband's mouth when he was describing the situation to you. So I'll, I'll go with that. But, you know, but I have decided that since we, um, have to be in California, um, for, you know, a family matter, um, that I was really going to try and look at this positively and that, you know, um, that, cause my husband loves to road trip. He loves to road trip. He loves to drive. And so I don't like the idea that I'm going to ruin an experience for him. Um, because the, f- <laughs> the first three 
cross country road trips. Hmm. <sighs> We're not fond. He doesn't have fond memories of them. Yeah, I think I recall him saying something like he'd rather take a trip to hell than be in the car with you again or something like that. But yeah, but I have to give it to you because you are very positive about this trip. You're very excited about this trip. I am. And you're making it a really fun adventure. And I think that's what's going to be the difference. It's not about getting from point A to point B. You're on yeah. an adventure and Flat yeah, Donna's going to be there with you with a stick up her ass and, <laughs> you know, irritating you and with her bougie attitude. So, yeah, it's going to be I fun. I know. I'm excited. And we're going to hit um, Phoenix, El Paso, Slidell, um, possibly Mission, Texas. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, and then we're ending in Florida where Flat Donna and Real Donna get to meet oh and so do we (laughs) but i'm so i i can't wait for that i know partners in crime are gonna be together i know breathing the same air i know i know it's gonna be weird it's gonna be weird crazy So I guess we will see you guys when we get back from vacation and make sure to follow us on Twitter and um, you can follow Reality PD Bingo over on Instagram where uh, we will be posting um, stuff continuously. And yeah, and then we'll just see what happens, what kind of trouble Flat Donna can get into because I have a feeling that she might end up getting arrested or something on this trip. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see. I know. So, till next time, guys. Rock on. Bye. (laughs) Well, guys, that's the end of this week's podcast. We hope you found it as entertaining as it was for us talking about it. So, until next week, remember to always smile. It increases your face value. Bye, y'all.